It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Good morning, everyone. Tab Melbourne Cup Week here on RSN 927 Off The Leash. Trent Mason, Elder with you. Joined out as I am each and every week by Molly Haynes and Andrew Copley from GRV. Good morning, team. Good morning, morning. Trent. Morning. What a week it is and what a night it was at Sandown Park last Friday. If it's half as good this Friday night, we're going to be in for one hell of an event. Uh, we'll talk about the Tab Melbourne Cup and Bold Trees later. But uh, before we do, let's start with another uh, good day out at uh, the Meadows on Sunday. We had the Greyhound Community Day, Molly, and... Um, Plenty of uh, excitement out there and uh, plenty of dogs found new homes, which is great news. Yes, it was a bit of a double whammy on Sunday at the Meadows. There was our community day, which is a day for GIV to say thank you to everyone who's welcomed a greyhound into their home. There were more than 400 people and 150, more than 400 and 150 dogs, I should say, turn up to this free greyhound community day and... Um, there were dog washes, which are you know one of the most popular activities on the day. But I think the draw card for these days is the chance to have a chat with Dr. Beck. She is no doubt the main attraction. She um, comes along to the community days, volunteers her time, and you get to bring your greyhound to meet her. And she does dental and just general health checks. Um, but it's also a great chance to just pick her brain about all things greyhounds. And I think, um, yeah, it's a, a real positive having, having her on the day. Absolutely. Um, now, there was the adoption segment. Molly, just tell us exactly how many dogs found new homes. Yes, a little mini adoption segment. There was 16 out of 20 greyhounds found their forever homes. But we do have a bigger adoption day coming up at Shepparton. It's the first for the region. It's on December 2. Registrations are now open. They are also essential. So make sure you complete the registration form through gap.grv.org.au. We also had the Ready to Race sale just recently as well, and uh, these were conducted on Saturday at Bendigo, and it was a successful day despite numbers not being as high as previous years, Andrew. Yeah, that's right, Trent. Numbers were always going to be a bit lower this year. It's just a fallout from when breeding numbers dropped when there was a bit of a question mark over the future of greyhound racing a couple of years ago. But 43 greyhounds sold on the day, another four passed in. They'll go back to their owners and be looked after there. But yeah, the Ready to Race, it's a platform where potential buyers can come along watch their watch watch greyhounds trial in heats uh, a few days before the auction they run again an auction day in a field of six and then uh, people get to bid on them so good platform been around for six years now and the top selling greyhound on saturday was chiquita lass who went for twenty thousand dollars and here's the big news out of the ready to race in 2018 the average sale price was six thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars so that's more than a thousand dollars above the best in previous years but the most heartening thing i found from this series guys was the quality of greyhounds that went around, just judging on the heats, which was uh, two Mondays ago, fifty uh, percent of sorry, fifty six percent of the greyhounds that ran in the heats broke twenty four fifty seconds, which was far higher than the thirty four percent in twenty seventeen and twenty three percent in twenty sixteen. So what that tells us is there's actually really strong evidence there that the quality of greyhounds being bred here in Victoria is now better than ever. In fact, it's more than just being bred; it's actually being reared as well. I think people are understanding that you can't just leave a, a pup in a farm with its litter mates and hope for the best. You've got to go through an education process. You've got to socialise them. You've got to spend time with them, get their confidence up, teach them how to chase a tennis ball or whatever it is. And that way, when it comes time to uh, 
coming to the racetrack, uh, it's all systems go and, and more pups get to race and, and win races. I should also mention just quickly, um, we'll have to give a shout out to Troy Harley. He called um, a greyhound by the name of Pipes Out as his dog to watch in the heats. Now, she went for $18,000. So um, absolutely huge effort and um, she was very impressive. So we look forward to seeing what her racing name is and um, what she does on the track. So positive news from the ready to race. All right, guys, let's focus on the big one. Now, the Tab Melbourne Cup, we've got the final this Friday night. Night, and uh, we're going to talk about the heats from last week. Now, in our pre-production meeting uh, this morning, we're trying to identify the replay. It's usually pretty straightforward. Um, I was outnumbered here, despite the fact that uh, I'm uh, the man responsible for putting together the audio. I was lobbying for black opium. My two colleagues here voted for Poke the Bear. This is what he did, and this is how he won his way through to Friday night's final. Racing. Miss Splendor Miro out fast off the inside. She'll kick through and lead Federal Lily. Poke the Bears switching over heels a length away and Princess Pout underneath of him. They're followed by Belt Up Bub zipping captain. A break, Mossimo Bale and Vince Revenge last, but Miss Splendor Miro sped clear. Led by four, Poke the Bears into the clear. Gets underneath of Federal Lily as they wheel. Miss Splendor Miro led. Poke the Bears a length away. He angles for the inside. Poke the Bear went straight past Miss Splendor Miro and he's into the Melbourne Cup. Poke the bear, one at a length and a half, Miss Splendor Miro, third federal lily, and then belt up. Uh, he was very good. He was one of uh, a number of great performances on what was a tremendous night, Andrew. Sure was, Trent. And uh, look, he ran down Miss Splendor Miro. She had uh, box number one, so no excuses there. Poke the bear had to overcome box four, and he's won 10 of his last 13 now, so he's in brilliant form. And it was, look, 64 of the best sprinters from right around Australia in this series. Uh, on Friday night. Only the winners made it through, and now they get a shot at the biggest prize in Victorian Greyhound Racing. That's $630,000 in prize money to be distributed in this race on Friday night, including $435,000 to the winner. Yeah, tremendous action all night long, uh, not only with the Tab Melbourne Cup Eats, but the Bold Trees as well, which we'll discuss in a minute. Uh, the highlight for me is Black Opium. I'm just absolutely besotted by this girl. What she's doing at the moment in, you know, 20 months of age, it's just ridiculous to think about how much upside and ability this girl has. Um, you know, she ran a 29-21 fastest heat win. She's run a 29-08 the week before. Um Molly, what'd you make of the the night? I think uh, Jason Thompson obviously got the, the they got the two through to the final in Poke the Bear and Black Opium, and I believe Jason Thompson was uh, pretty emotional after that heat win of Poke the Bear. I think maybe emotion isn't the right way to describe it. I think he was he was just besotted by this Greyhound performance. He was there behind the boxes. There was amazing footage from um, Sandown on Friday night, and he was just shaking his head. And I mean, what else can you do after watching watching that run? And I know um, in uh, pr- the previous years, Shona got really emotional after she won the Melbourne Cup with Aston DB. And I think heading into this year, she's got obviously Black Opium and Poke the Bear, and she is a huge chance. She is an absolute professional when it comes to not only preparing these greyhounds, but really embracing what the Melbourne Cup is. She was at um, the box draw on Sunday at Sandown, and the way she spoke about these greyhounds and how important and how special they are, not just to her, but her entire family, um, it really, really does put the icing on the cake and show what the Melbourne Cup means to everyone. Well, Poke the Bear's got the score on the board. Black Opium's got it all to do, Andrew, but she's certainly... Uh, making every post the winner at the moment. Just talk us through some of these statistics that um, you know she's trying to. She's already, I suppose, got behind her, and she's uh, she's trying to create a little bit of history on Friday night. She is so black opium. Seven starts for seven wins. She's got box five, but 
uh, just 20 months of age. That's extraordinary. So she is the baby of the field. But the interesting thing is that the youngest greyhound to win a Melbourne Cup was Marine Jet way back in 1958. He was 21 months of age. So if Black Opium can win, she'll become the youngest ever. She's also lining up for her eighth start, Trent, and the, the most inexperienced greyhound to win a Melbourne Cup was Canton Bale. He won in his ninth start. That's going back about well, 17 years ago. So um, she has a real chance to create history here. Um, just on Poke the Bear too, guys, we mentioned last week he's won three group races, all from box yeah. six, and now he comes up with box oh, no. six in this final. <laughs> I know uh, his part owner and uh, breeder, Darren Pulio, will be rubbing his hands together because he gave me that stat. He's excited about box six, I can tell you. I think he's oh. the only person on earth to be excited <laughs> by box six. Ever. <laughs> I was watching the box draw live. I was hosting here on RSN 927 on Sunday, and I, as soon as it came up with box six, I thought the exact same thing. Let's go through the final field and the odds with tab.com.au. What a final this is. My Redeemer, a massive chance as well, has drawn the red here at $3.40. Two she's gifted. Good luck to Deborah Coleman down here from uh, up north, $6.50. Dinah Harper at 31 from box three. Notorious Mac at 41, box four. Five Black Opium, the favourite at $3.10. Six Poke the Bear, the kennel mate at three forty. Seven Degani for Billy McMahon. Good luck to Bill. He's $31. And Weston Augie's $7.50 drawn out in the pink. And uh, the reserves are hastened slowly at $7. And Miss Splendor Miro, if she got a run, she'd be a huge chance, but probably unlikely at $5.50. Righto, guys, time for selections. Molly, you can open the batting here. I think purely just off... Shona's reaction to the box draw, she said on Sunday that... I know you're not going to like this, Trent. No, go for it. No. <laughs> uh, she said on Sunday that all she wanted was Black Opium to draw inside, poke the bear. Black Opium's um, going to give him that little bit of space he needs, and he's just unbelievable. I, I get so excited when I watch this dog go around, and I think... With Shona saying that she's said he's a superstar for so long, I know I've repeated that statement so many times, but for Shona and Jason to make a call like that, um, I think I think he is a superstar, and I, I can't wait to see what, what he does on Friday night. Andrew, which way are you going? Oh, I'll tell you what, Trent. I think there's four real chances. My Redeemer, she's gifted Black Opium and Poke the Bear. If I've got to settle on one, I'll probably go with My Redeemer off the red. I just think uh, it's been a brilliant training performance, putting him up over the 600 metres. He came out humming and ran a 5.06 first section in his heat. So if he repeats that, he could be right on the hammer on the leaders, or he could even lead. And if that happens, I don't think they'll run him down. I think uh, Black Opium, no surprise here. I absolutely love this girl. Uh, I think she'll find the her early speed is enormous. I think she'll find the front. I know my Redeemer's drawn the red, but she's just lightning out of the boxes. I think she's, pardon the pun, one out of the box. She's something special, and she's going to create history on Friday night, but I can't wait for it. It's going to be a great race, um, and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's not the only great race on the card, though, at Sandown on um, Friday night, Molly. There's plenty of other supporting features as well. Yes, look, there's um, eight features on the night, and the whole meeting in total is um, carries $1 million in prize money, so that's a huge achievement for Greyhound Racing here in Victoria. But I just should list them off quickly. There's a $35,000 group listed cup night sprint, which in the past has actually been as good, if not better, sometimes than the Melbourne Cup itself. There's the group listed Sir John Dillon Memorial over the 600 metre distance that it's always a good showing there. There's the provincial plate, which brings together the country racing around Victoria with the heats run um, out out in the Bronx and um, get the chance to, I suppose, race on Victoria's biggest stage. There's also the Sky Racing Stayers over the 700 metres and the Vic Bread Maiden Series as well as the Vic Super Greys. So it's going to be a huge night of greyhound racing and I can't wait for the whole thing to play out. And we've got the 
$150,000 Group 1 Bold Trees over the 715 as well. We'll preview that in a sec, but uh, huge night for the tab as well. A projected $1 million tab quaddy pool. That's just enormous. And one lucky person on course will be drawn to spin the $1 million super wheel. Uh, hopefully uh, I'm eligible for that. <laughs> and it all happens at Greyhound Racing's Tab Melbourne Cup this Friday night at Sandown Park. Admission is free, so make sure you get along. All right, guys, let's talk about the co-feature of the night, the Bold Trees. And with all the hype around the Melbourne Cup, we shouldn't forget about this tremendous staying race, Andrew. No, nah, it's going to be terrific, Trent. There were four heats run on Friday night, and obviously the first two place getters make it into Friday night's final. It's pretty even in the betting market. Bar Carly, bred by... Uh, Noel Magavan, an uncle of Jonathan Brown, and also trained by Robert Britton, who's just a doyen for training stayers. He's the equal favourite at $2.50, along with New South Wales star Poco Dorado, who's won a lot of races in recent times, including the Group 3 Sydney Cup. So those two head the market and uh, shapes as a pretty interesting final on Friday night. It sure does. Here's the box draw and the odds with tab.com.au. Black Impala has drawn the red here at $7.50. The recent Group 1 Hume Cup winner. Geez, running really well here for Glenn Dainton. Number two, Ebby Ripper, the old girl. Can she finish with a feature race win? She's racing so well, really knocking on the door. She certainly drew one of these big races. Barcali drawn box three at $2.50. Equal favourite for Robbie Britton. Four Beckham at 12 Five Hot Tip, 41 Six Kanzan, 26 Seven Pogo Dorado at $2.50. Eight Soda Flash at 12. The Reserves, number nine, Yankees Ethics at 51 and 10. Rockstar Patriot at 17. And uh, Molly, you've got an interesting stat before we get selections here. You've got an interesting stat on uh, some of the trends in the final here. Yes, look, the past six Bold Therese final winners have been won by female greyhounds. And this year, Abby Ripper and Poco Dorado are competing to possibly keep that tradition going. But females in the past include, obviously, the great Fantabale, Sweet it is, and of course, my favourite, Miata. Yep, well, it's a tremendous field. Time for selections. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you here. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Black Impala, Trent, with no confidence at all, but he is in very good form. Won four of his last five. He's the only greyhound in this final to have won at Group 1 level before. And the other point I want to make about him is that those four wins that he's done, uh, performed in recent times, uh, he's actually paid $5 or more, and he's at juicy odds again on Friday, so it might be a bit of each way value. Molly, which way are you leaning? Bacali for me, I think Robbie's the only trainer with multiple greyhounds, but also he um, spoke to our wonderful contributor, Jared Guthrie, um, during the week um, in the lead-up to our Herald Sun lift-out for the Melbourne Cup. And um, uh, he, Robbie said to Jared that Bacali's he's kind of like a, a footballer. He is a very much a bull at a gate, which is quite ironic considering, like Andrew mentioned, um, his owner and breeder was a former footballer, Noel Mugovan. But I think from what Robbie had said, um, Ebby Ripper is going to give a little bit... He's not going to... She's not going to get the start, Ebby Ripper, obviously. So there's going to be a little bit of room for Bacali. And he is a dog that can make a few mistakes. So I think the room that Ebby Ripper provides will be um, Bacali, to Bacali's benefit. Yep, I'm with you. I think Bacali can uh, notch a Group 1 victory here in the Bold Trees. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Our special guest today is John Shadlow, a man who made a decision some 13 years ago, which has had a huge influence on greyhound racing today. In 2005, John decided to buy a pup from a bombastic Shiraz Mai girl, Ashley Litter, and that pup going on to race under the name Demonica before becoming one of the most successful grandams in Victoria. G'day, John. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, John, it's Andrew here. It's just so topical that we've got you on the show today because uh, Demonica... 
Dam of Wares Demonica and also the Grand Dam of two greyhounds currently in the news. I speak of Uphill Jill, recently retired dual group one winner and also Tab Melbourne Cup finalist Myra Deemer got the red in the final and we'll get your thoughts on that shortly. But just take us back to 2005. You brought Demonica or bought Demonica at three months of age. How did you come to settle on buying this pup? I mean, she wasn't local. You were in the Geelong region. You you went out to Gippsland and picked her out. Um, what was the thinking behind that way back then? Yeah, well, she was, um, the litter was advertised in the Greyhound Weekly. Mm-hmm. And I um, I drove two and a half hours down to have a look at the pups. There were seven pups in the litter, three dogs and four bitches. And I, I, wanted, a, I wanted a bitch to, to breed with. And um, and this pup uh, just stood out, um, and yes, yeah, so and I, I drawed it. I, I paid three thousand dollars for her. Um, yeah. And the rest is history. <laughs> it sure is, John. It's Molly here. I want you to take us through uh, Demonica's career on the racetrack. Tell us a little little bit about what you're able, what she was able to do after you purchased for th- purchased her for three thousand dollars. Yeah, when she she broke in, Kevin McNamara broke her in, and I um, I gave her a trial down to Geelong, um, the first trial, and she went on the old track twenty and 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 four. Um, so so then I took her to Bendigo and put her in a qualifying final up there, and and she, she won the um, the the, uh, the qualifying, then. I um, then then she went into the catching pen, and the dogs run it. The four dogs behind her run into her, and she, and she finished up broken a, a shoulder blade, and she she was off the scene for six months. And Michael Bell, my vet at the time, said uh, doesn't look too good, John. So uh, I just took her home. She was in a lot of pain. She was on painkillers, and I, I just looked after her. I gave her the love and care, and. Um, and it took me six months to get her back to the track. Was yeah. she able to win once she got her back to the track? Uh, no, she ran. I took her to Sheppenham and she ran third. Then, um, uh, then, then she made the uh, the maiden final up there. Then she she she, um, she she had box seven. She went to the rails and she hit the running rail. I got in the catching pen and half the tail was gone. She cut her tail off. That's why she. She's got a, uh, only a half a tail. God, it's a, it sounds like she's been through absolute everything. But what I really want to know, John, is how successful you rate her as a broody. I mean, she's made a huge mark on greyhound racing here in Victoria. But I want to know from I suppose from your mouth exactly what you ha- what your thoughts are. are on yeah, she, she had four litters, and uh, she had fourteen pups. Eleven pups made it to the races, uh, and they all won. Uh, races, a total of 96 races. That's that's an amazing out, out effort. Of the, that's yeah, out of the four litters. The first first um, one was Wee Pedro. Uh, that's the, the daughter of um, uh, Wee's de Monica. Uh, then on the second litter, I went to El Gallo, then Superman, and then Beckham Bale. And they all won um, races, and like I said, they had 96 all up. That is, it is truly an amazing effort. Now, you kept Demonica as a pet long after she retired until she passed away at the age of 12 years. Now, why was Demonica so special to you, John? 
Well, she she was like a family member to me. She she was like uh, my daughter. Um, she was just so special. You could do anything with her. Um, and I just loved the girl so much, like, you know. John, she went on to produce Where's the Monica, as you mentioned, who is the dam of Uphill Jill and My Redeemer. You must have been so proud to see what Uphill Jill was able to achieve on the racetrack. Two Group 1 wins, made so many group finals and uh, recently retired, but I'm sure you watched her career with plenty of interest. Oh, yeah, I sure have, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, uh, uh, for Uphill Jill um, to have um, so many starts, 86, 85 starts um, for 38 wins, 28 seconds and 7 thirds, and, and she was racing in uh, week in, week out uh, for 27 a month. So she's just a, to me, she's a champion. Oh, she's then, sure. And, the, and the credit to um, David and Rose Gill for, for, for looking after the bitch so well. Absolutely, and they've kept the line going with uh, with their breeding along the way. Wonderful people, and uh, a credit to the yep. industry. Now they've also got my redeemer in the Melbourne Cup final this Friday night, John. It's going to be huge. He's come up with box number one. You know this greyhound inside and out. I'm sure you've studied the field. How do you rate his chances? Well, box box one's a, a big advantage. Um, the dog can run a good six hundred metres. Um, so he's only got to be probably two lengths behind him at the start, and uh, he'll run over the top of them because the dog the dog can run time too. He sure can. Plenty of confidence there, John. We love it. Hey, John, thanks so much for joining us on Off the Leash this morning, mate. It's been great to uh, spin a couple of yarns with you. Uh, no doubt you'll be barracking for my Redeemer Heart on Friday night, and uh, all the best for the future. Yeah, thanks for having me on the on your show to talk about the life of um, Demonica. Thanks so much, guys. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Great to have a chat to Johnny Shadlow there. All right, Andrew, let's move on and uh, talk about how good the watchdog has been going. Well, thanks to my great colleague here, Molly, she's identified a huge winner by the watchdog at Hillsville on Sunday. He picked Chantilly Mack, who paid $10.40. That was the watchdog's first selection. And also on Sunday at sale, a couple of big winners there, Joe's Dolly at $5.20 and Piriformis at $4.00 for all your free form guides and expert selections for every Victorian Greyhound race meeting, please go to... Oh, well, just Google the Watchdog, I should say. And make sure you do that for Friday night, Tab Melbourne Cup night. Uh, it'll find you plenty of winners, no doubt. Molly, Litter of the Week time, who have you found for us? I've found... I can't believe this has slipped through um, for so long. A Mapunga Blazer, Mapunga Christy... A Kirsty Litter, I should say. Now, it does sound a little bit too close for comfort, but they are not too closely related. They are just bred by um, Barry Smith down in Warnable. This litter is bred by Peter Burns, though. They're born on October 1, and they're, so they're around about seven weeks old. There's seven pups in the litter, one dog and six female. Now, this is Mapunga Kirsty's fourth litter. She's been able to produce um, winners in all three litters in the past, which I think is a huge plus when you're looking into the future and breeding on with females. Mapunga Blazer is, of course, an absolute freak. Trainer Jeff Britton said that he has to be the fastest dog he's put a lead on, and I think that's a, a huge statement to come from someone like Jeff. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys do in a couple of years' time. But... 
For all the latest Victorian litters and contact information, make sure you look in your latest edition of the Greyhound Monthly. How about a gap dog of the week for us, Molly? I've found a young boy by the name of Roy. He's a four-year-old black male. He raced under the name Kalen Bray. Now, he had 47 starts for four wins and 10 minor placings. The gap girls tell me that he doesn't like to rush his life at all. He can be a bit shy to begin with, but once he warms up, he becomes so, so affectionate. I think that is such a plus side with these greyhounds. Even though they're big, they are certainly very cuddly. Um, The girls also tell me that he's suited to a home without children because he can be a little bit shy at times. So if you think you've got room in your home for Roy, be sure to contact GAP through their website, which is gap.grv.org.au. And that concludes our show, guys. As always, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you trackside on Friday night at Sandown Park to cheer home Black Opium winning the Tab Melbourne Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Trent. Thank you. Want to hear Off the Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.